This is episode 255 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion What's a Voice Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel, the bridesmaid Manzano. Ah, two in a row. Two bridesmaids in a row. Will full send Hagwood. Uh, I watched every single stream game. Did you? Ryan, a map marked. Is time saved? Stanizuski. I want to start putting in the initiative. If everyone comes together and finds the exact middle of all their mats before any game has to go, we just take a little marker or pen and mark it. It'll save so much time. And James, time has started? Ritter. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, so if uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, watching the stream, subscribed on YouTube, in the Discord, on Facebook, any of the above over the last weekend, you know that Gold Squadron and friends uh, just wrapped up Adepticon. We were in charge of organizing and putting on the um, X-Wing World Open Qualifier that happened at Adepticon. Um, we have a... Thank you to everybody involved. We I put out a, a longer post uh, today on Facebook. If you want the full details, everybody's name. It's a long list. Uh, thank you, all of you. If you if you were a part of it somehow, thank you. Okay, okay. Love you guys. Um, what I want to do today is is rather direct. We have here five completely different perspectives of the event we have the organizer which was myself we have the uh, a viewer which was ryan who was unfortunately wasn't able to make it we have a player marcel a streamer who was will and then a judge which was james five completely different views of the same exact event uh this you know being able to just get some different perspectives we re i really want to uh those of you who are live with us feel free to ask questions from the different perspectives because uh, we would love to talk about those things i think it'd be really great uh, as part of the conversation we're also going to go over our top eight lists we're going to take a look at uh the faction breakdown as well and uh, and just talk a little bit about the event and i want to start there i want to start there with uh let's let's talk about the event we were over four days many different things we're going to be focusing on the world open qualifier in and of itself um will let's i want to start with you my friend uh you were you streamed every single game you got to get a taste of of what of your perception of what the public who was not there their perception of the event what were some of the things you noticed any trends uh they <laughs> they saw uh, a lot of republic um and they were clamoring for anything that wasn't republic uh i tried my best uh to give them that matchup uh but um from i think the the streamer point of view uh the trying to get matchups on and like a, a variety of games um at least on the the higher end of the spectrum players who are like uh starting off like undefeated a lot um uh, it, what felt like a, a huge majority of them were republic players well i will say at least half uh, of them it felt like and but as far as uh you know uh the the viewership i guess the 
uh, I thought the overall the you know, the the chat was pretty positive, uh, especially um, in the uh, the beginning days when we were kind of doing side scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where uh, we, we did uh, duos and the droids you're looking for early on, uh, which I thought was real fun. James helped me out with that, uh, and I thought we had a blast. Uh, but it was very different going from, you know. Like, oh, hey, look, you know, we're, we're flying some ships, doing some fun stuff to all of a sudden, uh, you know, we hit competitive and it, we got Paul Heaper on right away to show you what competitive X-Wing is. That and was round really, one. That was round yeah. one of the event. Yeah, we cranked up competitive to a new level. And I think that's uh, something that the, the concept uh, is, I don't know, uh, how do I say it? Might be um, disingenuous. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But basically, the because it was high level play, mm -hmm. the games were perceived as very different, right? Like I mean, we just spent the whole time talking about you know the final, how everything is very precise and calculated. That. Uh, and I like, what do I want to say, like ruthless? Like people were playing to win on stream, no matter, no matter, not no matter what, we're obviously like not cheating, right? But right. Uh, taking every advantage for the scenario that they could, um, as far as like, uh, especially like list types, right? We saw like every, almost every list was having a fast ship, right? Like a specific objective getter. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of lists were leaning into some way to generate a crit result as well, whether that's marksmanship or uh, a different combination of things. So that's, uh, I would say, from my point of view, the, the, the overall players that I saw, man, everybody had done their research, I felt like, uh, and had gotten a, a list together that was ready to compete at you know, you know, ready for like the final table, right? Like ready to take it all. Love it. Love it. Now, James, uh, you were walking the floor on the first couple days you spent with Will. Uh, in the World Open Qualifier itself, like what was the most common calls that you were getting when people were calling Judge? Um, I will definitely say we had a couple. Uh, I mean, you're always going to get arc checks and is it is this in range? Uh, those are always very common. Uh, some of the things that um, we had uh, talked previously uh, between the judges, uh, D and Chris Allen and, and uh, Nick Sperry, uh, mo most of those questions did come up, stuff like, um, at range zero, can I add a die, uh, even if it says I can, you know, like with TIE Advanced X1s, can I add a die with this, can I add a die with this? No. If you're at range zero, doing a range zero attack, um, you cannot add a die, no matter what, unless you have a range zero ability, uh, which no one has right now. Every, uh, all the range zero abilities we have just make it a range one attack. Mm -hmm. They treat it as a range one attack. Uh, a couple of other things we saw. Uh, let me get my little document up. Um, jettisoning, jettisoning cargo with the salvage mission. How do you do it? When do you do it? Um, what if you do a advanced maneuver? Um, and do, do you have to, if you do, do you do the advanced maneuver or not? 
No. Um, so I, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, right now, uh, as the rule stands right now uh, in this scenario, um, I'm just going to read it out real quick. That way I can it. have yeah. a good base. Yeah. Uh, if a ship that is towing a supply cast reveals an advanced maneuver, it performs a stress maneuver instead. If a ship must perform an advanced maneuver, it jettisons the supply cache as described above before ex executing the maneuver. I think a lot of the confusion is that second sentence. It's separated, and it says if a ship must perform an advanced maneuver. So the only ship that we have in the game right now that must perform an advanced maneuver is the Roomba, uh, the uh, droid gunship. Oh, I was like, what, what Roomba? <laughs> the Roombas. <laughs> the H and H and P's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the H and P's gun gunships, um, because they must treat their side slips, their their turn maneuvers or bank maneuvers when their uh, car just slips that side, as side slips and side slips are considered advanced maneuvers and they must execute the advanced maneuver otherwise um all other ships only go by that first sentence the if a supply if a ship that is towing a supply cache reveals an advanced maneuver it performs a stress maneuver instead and in the rules a stress maneuver is just a two-way straight you still get your regular action and all that so you cannot but the only thing only difference is you cannot reduce the difficulty of that maneuver so it's always a two white straight and then you keep your cash and you do the uh, you get your action. So that was the one thing that came up a lot. And even within the judge circle, we had a couple of confusions uh, because like, but it says that second sentence, you must jettison it. So unless you are an HMP gunship, just ignore that whole second sentence. <laughs> Dude, does not apply. Does right. not apply to you. All right, cool. Now, Ryan, uh, you got to observe it from the from the spectator view, right? From home, uh, you and I mean, I, th I think at the peak, uh, Will, we had like eight hundred and fifty ish people watching at the peak, and I was looking at mm -hmm. the stats. We yep, were we were rolling, we were rolling anywhere from like three to five hundred throughout throughout the uh, uh, throughout uh, the weekend through through uh, the Swiss round. Uh, what was that Saturday? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess I was talking from, from the weekend. I think the Saturday oh, and yeah. Sunday were way higher. Saturday it was like five hundred. Yeah, Saturday averaged uh, about six hundred. Yeah, five to six hundred the whole day. It was awesome to see everybody come and check it out. Awesome. So you know, from from your view, Ryan, what were some of the some of the things you noticed? You know, you know, when you're in a chat, uh, a Twitch chat throughout a day, there are different. There usually there tends to be kind of like. Uh, a feel. I, I, I'm I'm missing the 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 word I'm looking for. But uh, what were some of the? Yeah, the, there it is. What was the vibe you were getting? How did you perce personally perceive some things? Um, uh, I think the generic, the general vibe throughout the weekend was excitement. Uh, happy to see a large in-person event for the first time in 2.0. Uh, a lot of questions uh, came up that I think Will had to address pretty often. Um, some of the, I don't remember exactly which ones, but some of them were pretty consistent and even about the event, um, here and there specifically, you know, why graduated cuts or why strength of schedule or MOV. And there's some of them was just base decisions. Some of it for the ease of the event, some of it for learned experiences in the past from other events, so on and so forth. Right. And then obviously there's questions about the objective state of the game, kind of the normal stuff you'd probably get if you were watching any X-Wing game. Um, I think what was cool, um, and I, I noticed this, I think, only towards the end, the final game, that you guys had another camera set up 
um, at least for the final, to where when you cut away, you got to see Nathan celebrate with everyone, hugs, and like uh, a lot of that, like, yeah, final over, good job and everything. That was really cool. I didn't know you had that set up. I don't know how often that was used throughout the day. I know there was the camera you had that um, you would look to the players and see their their posture, their demeanor, their their thinking positions, whatever you may call it, right? Um, I know Will used that uh, often in planning phases sometimes when yeah. uh, we already seen the table enough to sort of digest what things could happen. Yeah, so the, how that happened was in that last round, we had two goals. We wanted to make sure that we could project... <laughs> Here's I'll I'll give the full story. We were supposed to have a a big we had a big screen in the in the in like around our streaming area, uh, and for the final, like people could sit around and they could actually see a view of the table that what the streamers were showing and so that everybody wasn't having to look at the score on their phone which is pretty common at when gs when we would go around streaming places people would gather around the table they're watching but they can't actually see the table so they have their phones out like this well we just we we projected it on a big screen uh at the side of the of our awesome setup oh, looks so good anyway um and what we what we had to do is we actually had to cannibalize one that uh, that camera that that looked at the players all day. Uh, that one we cannibalized that to make that view, and then we took the camera that was for the commentators and we latched it on to a table, very kind of haphazardly. It worked, and then Ryan Farmer helped us out, did some camera work there at the end with some nice glides and movements to give that very nice presentation. Very awesome, very awesome. And also, uh, from the perspective of someone who wasn't there, um, that whatever that whole corner GSP Admiral Station setup you guys had, that was really, really cool. Um, it definitely had that effect of like you were in a capital ship watching the battle out there. Uh, very, very good environment feel from the viewer perspective who may not be at the convention where when you're at the convention, you see the convention around you. The viewer has very has set camera views, and it definitely maintained the feel and theme of uh, X-wing battles going on. Yeah, I, I big, sh huge, massive shout out to Corey Heald. He was the one that did all of the art for that, including that entire battle in the windows of our capital ship is completely custom made, like. Every ship placement, explosion, everything, customs. Yeah, it, Corey, it, it, huge I, shout I, out. I, I would have thought that. So this is going back to me playing a really old PC game, uh, Star Wars Empire at War. I thought he was just going into free cam mode in that game because you could do it in the space battles. Yeah, and like you can like watch stuff fight each other, and he caught that camera shot. That's what oh, I was trying to say. Empire War battle. would have a lot more pixelated. Yeah, there <laughs> were <laughs> zero <laughs> pixels on that entire <laughs> backdrop. We well, couldn't find one. It was. <laughs> you could see every single little Tie Fighter, every single little cockpit, and yeah, I that that backdrop. Every like I kept looking, I kept turning around and being like. Can we just watch this? Like, I've been over a lot. Look at this thing. 
next year the windows are actually screens and there is a battle going on yeah it, it felt like it especially when you're at the table and you're looking side to side and you can see the windows on each side yeah it was yeah Corey knocked it out of the park and into the next stadium that's that, right those backdrops all right, and then we move to Marcel. Marcel, you were our player. You were our, you got all the way to the final spoilers. Sorry if you haven't watched yet. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, tell me tell me about your your feel of the overall event. Um, I know you know kind of going into into the event you had some you had you had some different concerns some things you liked some things you didn't like with 2.5 rules um and after getting a premiere event under your belt what uh ha what has changed hasn't changed your overall perception of things mm -hmm. let us know okay um and and yeah and i was planning on doing like a whole notes like pros and cons notes type of thing for this uh i worked a little later than I thought, and um, it didn't happen. But but I'll ju I'll just riff a little bit, uh, and I think I think if you guys haven't noticed, or uh, I think maybe people have, people haven't. I've probably been the most critical of two point five out of the four of us. Like the most, uh, uh, I wouldn't even say the most cautious. I'd be like the most outright outspoken criticism. Like I don't like this. I don't like that. Um, and I probably still am the most critical. The there there was there was a lot of things that went well. There was there was a number of things that I didn't like. Uh, the, but the the net net of it before I talk about like some of the things I liked and, and didn't like, the net net of it is it's it it, it still does feel like X Wing. Um, you know, one of the concerns was that uh, there's going to be so much variance that it's going to make uh, you know. Um, that it's just going to be so much variance. It's, it's going to be a little bit more luck-based. I, I, I think just by you know by by seeing like uh, how do I, how do I sound this without sounding arrogant? But like I've done you well know, in 1.0. I've done well in 2.0. Yeah, like like and and the person who won has done well going back to like 2014, 2015. Like like it it, it shows like a little bit level of consistency. Um, that you know the that wouldn't happen if if it was like all variants right so so that that's one of the takeaways and then the main takeaway uh also being that again it still felt like x-wing that's one of the things that i was worried about that it wouldn't feel like x-wing but it feels like a different x-wing and i will be honest i enjoyed even if i lost in the first round i enjoyed from a player just playing the game perspective lvo better than i enjoyed this one uh i just liked the games better mm -hmm. but i think the main reason why i didn't like this one more so than anything else is the um you know we we played six rounds on saturday and i mentioned this to you Dion. i was like one of the best things about x-wing large premiere events is is the is just the interaction you have with other players and we, I mean, you ran a tight ship because you had really uh, strict uh, time windows that we had to be in and out of. And it felt like a, it, it didn't feel like a marathon. It felt like a 13-hour sprint for me. And I don't know how other people felt because most of my games actually went to time, even if they were, um, 
over in a couple rounds, not a couple rounds, but a, you know, not that many rounds. They they went to time, mm-hmm. and even using the Infinity Arena decks to put everything down, it just felt like I was constantly rushing between one table to the other table to the other table, and it was one of those situations where my socialization. I'm a yeah, I'm a social butterfly. I like talking <laughs> to people, and my the the extent of my socialization during both days, um, except for that one buy buy that I got, mm-hmm. was. Hey, hey, what's up? Yeah, nice to see you. And, and give him an elbow, and just and just and just walk by, and 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 really, you know, like I wanted to talk to people, and I didn't really get that opportunity to talk to people because it was just like table, 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 table. Lunchtime, okay, go get a sandwich or chicken. I got some chicken nuggies. Uh, make Chris <laughs> Allen proud. You know, go get some nuggies, and then and then again, the game, 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 and then it finished late. So straight to home and try to sleep and then come back early. So it was very exhausting. So that part of it, um, I think, I think there needs to be some thought to how do you make the the not game time go faster. The the setup, the um, you know just the whole placing objectives really doubled the setup time. I don't know how much extra time you actually I, gave the owner to TL. Can I make a point on that, Marcel? Yeah. It was noticeable, the setup time, the round it was chance engagement. Do you know oh, what like I mean? How fast people are not going Agreed. to Yeah, like, it was Agreed. like a good five-minute difference between the, uh, like, how long people were taking to get set up. So at least, like, uh, people were like, you know, it seemed like everyone's taking some thought and care into placing those objectives, you know, and realized it was important enough to spend time doing it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I did I have that as a player, yeah. I did have one thing on that as well. Um, and, and I see a couple people in the chat talking. So a couple of the judges ended up talking after the event on, um, I don't know, Dion, if you wanted to go over this later about uh, the number of rounds and how the cut was structured and what the heck draws are <laughs> and how they affect the cut uh but yeah did you want to talk about that later uh yeah we can hit that later okay, okay. all right i'll, I'll yeah. save i'll save it i'll save it no you're fine and i actually brought that up to uh, to chris uh at the end and and the own saying like hey this needs to be five rounds we can't do we can't do six next time uh no matter how many people it is like just cut it and do a top or or, or, or just make people sad and tell them, uh, you did great, but go home. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- those, those, those were, uh, I think, some of the, the more negative ones. Another thing that I didn't like, and I'll go into the positives because there's a lot of positives as well. Uh, another thing that I did not like is out of the 10, 10 games that I had, only two of them were close matches. Mm. Uh, the other eight were essentially blowouts, like, like the one that I lost on stream. Um, even though they were, so this is the, this is the thing, the blowouts, none of them were because a lot of people that are against the rules and against like what AMG is doing are saying that those blowouts are occurring because it takes no skill and it does this and it does that. And that's exactly why I wanted to do that recap first, because that was a blowout. Like if you just see the score or if you look at it without knowing what's going through people's minds, you're going to be like, Oh, this game was over in turn one, which is what people were saying on a lot of things. Like, oh, you know, you lost that turn zero, you lost at turn one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of thought, and there's a lot of skill, and there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. But the snowball effect is real, and 
and if if somebody gets you know if what you're trying to do doesn't work out in one or two rounds it's just like it, it, it it's a blowout and um yeah that, that happened in eight out of the ten matches uh that i played and and again it's not because because you know anything else it's just you know somebody took a gamble it didn't work out and then there's just no coming back from that from that mistake so it makes you be a little bit more exact it's a little bit harder to come back um especially in in a couple of those scenarios it makes it really hard to come back um so that those were some of the negatives and of course again the positives were that it felt like x-wing the games are fun at the end of it like they're, they're not that many rounds involved they they're kind of blowouts but they were fun and i think the part that i appreciated most about the amg changes more than anything else was uh what they did with the time counter like the not knowing when the games ended was such a peace of mind because never once did i think about saying like hey uh d what's how much time we got left like that thought was never in my mind and i never considered like oh there's only one round left i have to like every time that you said time in the round it was always like a 100 percent surprise it was like oh oh okay i guess the round's over and and you finish it and that was so satisfying to not have to worry about uh again just have it in the back of your mind like how much time is left and then um i think i only heard one game where a table next to me it never happened in any of my games but in a table next to me where where like the yoon came over and, and somebody complained and it was like hey you gotta like you gotta be a little bit faster you're slow playing uh, but usually in, in every other tournament I've ever been, I've always been on, it's either been in my part of my games or it's been part of the games that are next to me where it's all over the place. Like every single round you have people either rushing someone or, or, or slow playing or, or something where, where that's a big, um, that's a big issue of, that's a big creation of conflict between players and that that's where people get angry at each other and then have a bad time and and just have not don't have fun so having that element completely out of it for me personally um was just 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 fun like it, I, I i every single game i thought about only the game not the clock and i loved it um and then of course mean people and all that other stuff like best part of x-wing yada 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 because <laughs> i only had two seconds to see him but um, yeah all that all, all that stuff was fun and of course this particular one the guys the, the the job you guys did was just just insane and also for the people that weren't there and you you probably didn't you didn't stream it or anything like for the people that that weren't there i don't know like like uh, i went over there uh when i was having my when I had to buy, um, you know, from the, to the to the top eight match, the the side event was happening, right? Like the redemption tournament or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to just go socialize and talk to Dion. And Dion's sitting there with like carrying like a bunch of ships and, and stuff like that. He's like, roll a die. And then somebody rolls a die. You get a ship. And he was like Oprah Winfrey with those uh, <laughs> with the ships. Like you get a ship. You get a ship. You get a ship. You get a gauntlet. You get this. You get that. Like do you own Oprah Morales? I like it. I, I some, <laughs> like I don't know how you get it, man. I I, I, you know, I mean, was it the admirals? I, I don't know what's going on, but but like I have never seen such 
prize support like uh you did ron proud ron at past times used to be like the like the swag prize master like like you blew that out of the water <laughs> i was like what and that and that generated such excitement uh the one that i missed i don't even know what you were giving away you were giving something away that um that you asked me how come i didn't participate yeah all i, all I saw was like people uh, uh, there was like three rows of people just yelling and screaming and yeah and, and, and like I, I i still don't know what you i know you were doing something <laughs> away. i, I gave away a gauntlet and uh and a razor crest yeah oh, wow. we, okay. we did we did the first ever gold squadron roll off tournament yeah, uh, and none of that I, was on stream. We'll turn the camera, I think. Uh, was, yeah, yeah, I, I got yeah. Uh, I, Johnny was uh, narrating it, uh, and I had a camera on it. Oh, well, well then uh, I'm followed. glad you did. Yeah, we followed did, it up until the uh, the final the finals of the roll off <laughs> tournament uh, that happened up on the stream table. Yeah. Well, for those of you that didn't follow the other part that I saw, Dion was doing that table by table, giving a free ship away to every table based on uh, on luck and stuff like that like that that's just like wow um i would have pocketed that money <laughs> but you know well whatever. well what what i did what i did to I mean just trans transparency is um adepticon had said what how can we help you and i was like can can you get me some some stuff can you get me some some pride some like product they're like yeah what do you want and i said i i sent them a list i was like as much of this as you can give me and then uh shout out to to hank and his team uh because they were like okay and when i showed up there was a whole shelf of x-wing stuff and i was like yes all right and i'm not saying that there was more x-wing stuff than any other stuff but it kind of felt like it i'm just saying but anyway yeah. all right one <laughs> final thing because i know i've been talking a lot and 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 ryan foreshadowed it by saying i talk a lot is the last thing i want to say that uh was a negative about, you understand if somebody hasn't watched the other video they have no idea what you're referencing i don't remember when he said it he said okay, it sometime cool. today <laughs> and um the, the the final negative is also a positive at the same time excellent community was by far the the largest showing was the most engaged was the, the i thought the happiest like everybody was genuine i don't i didn't see anybody not happy like everybody was happy even the people that lost were were, were having a great time kayla went she went three and three and she loved every game like she enjoyed every like she actually stuck out for all, all six games um and all that was great yet <laughs> the part that again this is a negative it, for me personally and a selfish reason is I looked over at the at the Legion section. I looked over at the Marvel Crisis Protocol section, and they had like like stages built on uh, like like on a boxing ring with like professional style lighting, 360 lighting all around, and and TVs facing in every direction so that people can see like what's going on and draw attention. Uh, and I just thought that it was. Um, you know, again, it's a little selfish. I was like, well, we got the most community. We we we've got triple the amount of triple or quadruple the amount of players. We've got maybe like 10, 20 times more the amount of viewers. Uh, yet, you know, uh, th that level of support was provided over there, and you had to 
basically acquire your stuff through your own personal means. And I was like, eh. I mean, yeah, they helped you out with the ship and stuff like that. So I didn't know that. that that's good to know. But Well, I mean, just um, to, to... – it just, it just felt uneven. It just felt like, like, I, I, like we didn't hunt... get the love that other people got. I'll, I'll have transparency there. I mean, I'm not under contract or anything. So I'll be... So in the original plans, we were supposed to have a stage. We got there, and the plan apparently changed. But that plan wasn't Adepticon. That was, and I don't know where to cast the cast the. I don't want to say the word blame, but the the, the, right, right. I don't know if that was a call by Cascade Games, which was like the the um, envoy for atomic mass games slash asmodi because we don't know whose choice that was but i know that in the last meeting i was in that uh that they wanted to really push marvel crisis protocol and legion um and the re the reasons why might just be that they may have thought x-wing will take care of itself because it has for such a long time right like we uh, as a community we do a great job of carrying uh we've been strong for a really long time and uh they there may have been a space issue where they couldn't fit the third stage in um i don't i don't know you know but um i think they did ask for like numbers and things like that like how how was the viewer engagement and all, all the social media statistics you gotta send out and ours are really good and i think uh at the end of the day um that we um we met the we had, we met my expectations for what i wanted to get done uh from a uh from a social media outreach standpoint and um i think that when we give those numbers over which i gotta uh do i have some emails to write this week uh that they'll be pleased that and i i really hope that we can do it again um i would love to make adepticon ours I would love to. I would love to partner with Atomic Mass Games and say, "Hey, let let us run Adepticon each year." We did a pretty. I think we did a pretty bang up job. But we're gonna hit that negotiating table first. <laughs> just go. Just go and be honest. Just go and be honest. Because I will again. From we got the prizes from a, a, AMG. I appreciate it. But I don't think we could do that for free ever again. I'm just being honest. <laughs> That was a lot of work. Yeah. And, and you hired a lot of people. Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. Hashtag because... get paid for Gen Con. Hit me up. Oh. Uh, hit me up. AMG, I mean, hit me up. Ev everyone's, everyone has been over the board saying how amazing it was run by GSP. People want more GSP ran live events in person. Gen Con. I mean, I do it. Bring it, it's in. Bring it, it here. It's close enough to drive. So we could we could we could literally bring that exact same experience uh, with improved you know things here and there. There are some small things I want to improve, but uh, I think we could bring that same experience to Gen Con, if not better. Sounds like you got a whole portfolio of experiences this weekend to show for the potential Gen Con usage. Oh yeah. Okay. Any other? Um, 
James, I'm sorry, I'm pulling a blank, but I am still brain dead from this weekend. I might not be. There was something else you had said. Dion, do you want to talk about the thing? And I was like, yes, let's talk about it. And I, I literally don't remember what it was. Yeah, help, you did. You said, hey, help, Dion, do you want to talk about this other thing? He said, we'll touch that later. Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, and then I'll forget it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the, um, the six games, um, and then um, the graduated cut versus a uh, – set number of cuts ah yes i guess i technically yeah what 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 draws uh kind of how how they influence um so we yeah go ahead Dion. how how do we settle on a graduated cut so the one of the issues that ended up coming up was how i got i had the amg tournament document weeks a month and a half before all of you just being transparent i had it a month and a half before all of you and if you actually read the tournament information everything you needed from that tournament document was in my event stuff and the biggest one being how they were scoring and what the tiebreakers were three points for a win one point for a draw zero for a loss and with the first tiebreaker being strength of schedule, second mission points in the removal of MOV, they created this interesting situation where when it came to a cut, there, there is no way for you to control strength of schedule. Right, There's no way for you to control strength of schedule, uh, but it's a very common tiebreaker because it, it, it shows that you were able to overcome higher odds or worse odds. So when it came to deciding on a cut and the number, essentially I decided is you had to win five games. You had to win five games. Otherwise, you weren't getting in um, and fully win. So that's why I set that that number at you had to earn 15 tournament points. But I, I easily could have um, I easily could have put five wins, but I wanted to use I wanted to use the um, the wording that were, was in the tournament doc. And I didn't want somebody to miss a cut for something that was out of their power. Now, what this also eliminated was the ability outside of a very corner case to be able to intentional draw into the cut. And we had two players who I don't think co completely understood that. And they're like, oh, we could just draw into the cut at, at, the, last, at the last table. And they both went, oh, crap. No, we can't. When when they went to talk to the judges about it, they're like, no, that puts you at 14 tournament points each. You're not in the cut. <laughs> and they had the realization that they had to find a winner. Um, and that right there, I mean, that's their mistake for not reading the rules, but just to be completely straightforward. But I wanted to make sure that everybody in what in my eyes is earned their way into the cut additionally if you looked at that amg tournament document they didn't actually tell us they said hey some events may have cuts but they didn't give us guidelines for a cut um and i think part of it probably is they haven't decided exactly how they wanted to do it um and 
I, that what I did at Adepticon is my open letter suggestion to Adepticon, excuse me, to Atomic Mass Games on how to run a cut is put it completely in the player's hands. They win the five games, they're in. Does it make it more complicated for prizing sometimes? Sure. And for the bracket the next day? Yes. But th those are all things that can get solved. What we ended up doing is on day two, we had everybody come in, regardless of what rank you were. We had everybody play that first round. And so we had basically top, quote unquote, 32, that round, it was actually top 19, the people who would have had to play into the top 16 play, and those other games from the top 16 fire off at the same time. Then we gave the, then we took that second round to make our timing even, which gave a one round break to those players who all came in early, won their game. They're basically giving a, given a, a one game break for winning. And then we were able to even it out from there. We easily could have also brought in the other three games that we needed early and then fire off but the risk there is um if a player doesn't show up it completely ch especially if they're in the middle of the rankings it could completely change the, that that uh, a final cut breakdown which would have been like oh now we're missing we actually need x person who thought they could have been later so just avoiding avoiding that marcel I was pulling an eyelash. I wasn't raising. My oh, hand. I thought it looked like, like, like this. <laughs> you were like this. <laughs> I had an eyelash. Uh, yeah. So, so the judge team kind of talked about it, and um, we kind of came to a, a couple of um, a, a couple of um, I guess points. Um, is that MOV uh, rewards the player for uh, drawing against um, weaker. I would say weaker opponents. Let's say let's say that, or or for like stomping someone, like you're saying, and it's very easy to blow out a game, just like Marcel said. I mean, it all all it takes is a couple of um, good positionings, and a couple of the objectives, and, it, and you can get easily 25 points in a game uh, compared to your opponent. And um, whereas uh, strength of schedule rewards you for playing harder opponents that go further into and do better in the total overall event. And uh, strength of schedule is also a, a negative factor in that if you do a progression cut, like the way we did, where you have to go uh, X and 1, you have to get at least 5 wins to make it in. Once you hit 2 losses, um, a lot of people will drop and move over to the side events because they can't make it all the way to the very end of the event. So why continue playing? Why don't you just go on the side events and have, have fun and uh, score some uh, of the prize tickets. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and then, so you kind of kind of make a choice, just like you said, we had, you had to make a choice. You said to say, if we're, if we're going to do X and one, so we're going to do top 32. And if you do one or the other, you have to make a decision on how, how you're going to tie break at that point. Or, and then you, even further into that, you had how to draws affect your score. Do draws give you an edge over someone that did not have so someone that went four wins, one draw, one loss? Should they be put above someone that had four wins and two losses? Mm -hmm. You know, or uh, whereas, or in a um, even if you could do a progression cut to where you could say 
like I said, we had 15 points, right? You get, to get, right. You get three points per win. Five wins equals 15 points. So as long as you have 15 or more, we could have easily, just like you said, done 13 points. As long as you have four wins and one draw, that'll get you into the cut. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it just kind of depends on how you want to go. No matter what, everyone that makes, you know, the cut minus, you know, five players is going to be upset that they right. didn't make the cut. So I guess it really depends on, you know, what can your tournament handle? Can you, can you, can your tournament handle six, uh, six games? Like, um, adept I, th I feel like we did pretty well. We had a good schedule. Like Marcel was saying, uh, we, we did run a tight ship. <laughs> we kept those players moving. Um, or would it, and I'm not saying it would have been, but it, it um, it could have been a, a different, a different choice to run five games on, uh, on day one and a top 64 on day two and do it and do it the other way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think for, for Adepticon Sunday, we had a very strict schedule. We had to be out very early. Yeah. They told us you have to be done at four. And I said, okay. And smiled. Um, <laughs> and we weren't done. We were not done by four, but ta tables and all the things. The final at four. No, yeah, we really? said we. <laughs> yeah, for sure had, we did. They had the uh, the bay doors open and tables coming down around us during the final, but it was. I, go ahead. Yeah, I was like, I think at one point Will was doing the stream. He was like, "What's all these chairs everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting chaired in here." <laughs> yeah, so it was. Uh, I mean, it was we we. We kept the, the schedule as tight as possible, and that's the best we were able to do. Um, you know, in in retrospect, you know, I I did consider. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking about five versus four, and is there a way? to because it's really dependent on the number of players like that is that is going to completely change the way that you do it if you can do five rounds in each day what do those number of people kind of brackets you know uh, fantasy flight games used to have like a little like a chart um but i kind of with these new rules i want to use maybe use that as a jumping off point and see where we could uh we can improve or i guess be more I guess the transparent on where that will end up being. I I knew I did the math and said, okay, if we sold out 264 seats, um, that we would end up having six rounds and five rounds, almost no matter what, um, and we wouldn't end up going over. But I was confident that I was like, I'm sorry, 224 seats is what we had. Um, we got close, but not quite. <laughs> so, so so looking back with yeah. you know 2020 vision. Mm -hmm. And kind of what we know now and the and the situations that were presented to us, would you change anything with the way that the tournament was run? And, well, mostly concerning draws, rounds, uh, and any kind of tiebreakers. So one of the things I was – when I first read the document all alone with nobody else knowing, it was me, I knew, and the game developers knew, and nobody else. It was kind of interesting and cool. But uh, looking at it and seeing that strength of schedule came before victory points – or not victory points, excuse me, mission points. Um, why? And I was like, why wouldn't you put mission points first? And then over the next few weeks, as we were playing at pastimes, you know, with with my buddies and seeing sometimes these scores swing as hard as they could, realizing very quickly, I guess, you know, that does put it more in the player's hands. 
but at the same time the uh the number disparity between in some of these games and with players being willing to concede right when when it's like all right this is it's, a, it's an unwinnable good game i want to go chill which is which is in a tournament setting like very common if if you know any card players who play magic the gathering like the term scoop is like is like all right yep you you got me scoop and that's just so that they can save their you know their brain resources but the um you know the more casual player wants to play it out and that's fine that's fine but i think strength the schedule um strength of schedule is while it's harder as a concept to like do the math in your head to figure out what that is and a computer has to do it to make it fast um i think for right now i think it's okay i think it's i think we kind of have to get used to it for a while especially if the cut is based is completely in your control which right now it is if we had just made it top 32 that for the you know we had 19 people make the cut with my current rules that would have been an additional 21 people making the cut but everybody else who had four wins and didn't have that strength of schedule the complaint wouldn't have been uh well i lost a game and that's why i'm not in it would have been like i had no control over who i played how is that fair like it's a it's a different it's a psychology issue more than anything right it's it's a perception thing uh so i i have i'm i am very much graduated cut champion now now that i've now that i have really seen seen it and thought through it more i'm i'm in okay uh then then one follow-up question to that would be mm-hmm. um in a graduated cut uh would you even be looking at pulling up any of the draws from the like for example we had a five five win graduated cut would you even be looking at any of the four win and one draw or two draws the the issue there is that you can you create the problem with intentional draws right and that we had an issue look google the roanoke eight to see the X-Wing community's reaction to when intentional draws can get you into a cut. It got pretty ugly. And there were people who were like, well, that's a thing in Magic the Gathering already. And that's usually where people will point to. Like, intentional draws are common. Um, And the thought is kind of like, you know, the ability to intentional draw is a reward, is... The, the the thought line is is a reward to be able to just draw into the cut because you've played well up until that point why shouldn't you make the cut and basically guarantee it um i think that that is definitely with in-game systems that allow you to intentional draw into a cut that is simply taking advantage of the um of the system they have set up but i would prefer not to do that I, I would I would prefer that it's completely in the player like the player's control and avoid the awkward situation where you know uh, you know Will you and I are playing we're both four zero and I want you know I'm I'm going to Will and I'm like hey we we should just draw into the cut and Will's like I want to play right like that's that's a weird yeah I came to play I right want to draw exactly because people everybody like people have different priorities when it comes to gaming right like if if you're there to play whether win or lose that's very different than somebody who's there to like play the tournament versus play the game those are two different mindsets 
what you're referencing are literal professional Magic the Gathering players. They are they are intentional drawing because it's less work for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not not saying that all Magic the Gathering is anything um, other than you know just a game, but it's it's just not something we have in X Wing. We're not playing for money, right? It's not a big cash prize at the end of it. You know, our a large majority are just playing to have fun. Plastic, paper, cardboard, and glory, baby. That's mm-hmm. what I came for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that is uh, that. That's why James, I, 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 I did it the way I did. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to discuss it because yeah. I know there's a lot. There's a lot of discussion in the community about. You know, was the progression cut, um, how how did it work, and what are the other options that tournament organizers have at their disposal um, when they're running events? So Fruit Pebble in the chat says, it shouldn't be awkward. (laughs) When when somebody asks for an intentional draw, you're – you, as a concept, you are correct, but people have emotions, and not everybody processes that or presents it in the same way. It just creates it creates social awkwardness and social pressure. Um, and, and again, if you're if you don't if you don't see intentional draws as an issue, then you probably don't necessarily feel that that would create an awkward situation. You know what I mean? So it depends on your personal perspective. So um, I'm just I looked at it as 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 holistic. As possible somebody said emotional damage correct all right so yeah i mean this is this has been a, this has been a great discussion just kind of the overall and i i would love to give the chat a a moment if, if there's any specific questions and what perspective you would like answered or uh, and while we're waiting for that uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up about the event overall um any questions for each other that we might end up having I have a question. Uh, actually, um, I have a question for both Will and Ryan. So um, the the two games that I had on stream, I only played twice on stream. It was the top four in the final. Uh, both of those were blowouts, obviously. One I lost in, in a pretty bad blowout, three rounds. And then the other one, I think it went five rounds, the one that I won. But it was basically over after round two. It was just... You know, we were having fun, and he wanted to keep playing until, like, you know, he wanted to kill Netrum, so he he wanted to get his personal victory. But the game was essentially over after two rounds, um, because of that, that because of the ability for games to either be really short or decided really early, or because of games being able to be blowouts. What's the, what's the viewing I, like? Because I've heard I, I've heard some people enjoyed it, but I've also heard some people were being like, uh, like so the games were not as engaged because they were too one sided. Uh, well, I I'm, I'm not sure I can speak about the the blowout, but I will say that uh, a majority, uh, pretty much all, but I would say maybe one or two uh, games we saw in the. Uh, the main event had gone to at least an hour's worth of play before 
it, uh, it ended. There, I don't think we caught any like 30 minute games or anything like that. I know there was one where uh, Travis was playing Ben and Ben conceded uh, early, but it was still pretty like, yeah. long I, I guess, into the game. Yeah, so my question wasn't whether they went fast. My question was whether the, the outcome felt decided early even if the game continued for a few more rounds to like an, in, an inevitable mm. end like i could uh, i would say 50 50 50 of them somebody got a strong beginning and then 50 of them uh it was like we're turn four uh it's anybody's game you know what do you think ryan is what do you was that sound about right or was you say a specific game or just no, just in general, just like, well, how did the game, do they feel complete or uh, incomplete? Complete not incomplete, uh, that's not the question. Did they, oh, one did they side, feel like, sorry. That's what did I meant. they feel yeah, decided early and did that impact like the, well, the fun, like you enjoy watching close games. It's, it's nice when you're like rooting. Like I, I know that if I were watching my game, either of the last two, I would, probably would have been bored because they were decided, uh, not decided, but they, they were one-sided um it's, so it's more I, interesting to see games that are like neck and neck i i think what we're seeing right now and we'll see as time goes on um we're seeing games decided earlier because not everyone completely understands their win condition or what they need to do to get there so we're seeing snowballs a lot at a higher clip um because we have situations like Example, Marcel, when you had the deployment of those uh, uh, objectives, you found out the hard way on the scramble, not scramble, salvage, that, oh, um, because of how Nathan specifically placed his and I didn't see that, I'm now being punished for it. So there are turn zero things more than just rocks now being the objectives that can score points that are in consideration. So people are just learning how and where to take advantages or what are disadvantages to putting objectives in certain spots, which because those things score points can start a spiral down and snowballing. Does that mean six months to a year from now, we're going to see the similar clip? I don't know. I would think people will begin to learn and develop things that both sides of the table will know like, oh, I see you trying to do this. So I've, I've, I've practiced against this. So I know the counterplay to do that. And then you'll we could see like that name them like... like chess openings. Maybe. Like, ooh. Who knows? Ooh, <laughs> you're like, down. Oh, he's, ooh. like, oh, he's, he's putting down the ID obstacle in the corner. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I, I see the ID obstacle and I got the new Marcel <laughs> counter. There you go. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Right. So, uh, the, you know, there's going to be things that develop and, um, yeah, I, I just think we're in the early stages where, yes, it's going to feel a little bad sometimes. And I've already had a couple games that I've tried online where, like, oh, I didn't see that. Well, this is going to be a hard game now. <laughs> so it's just those learning things that, you know, people are going to people are going to find things. They're going to try them out. It's either going to work really well or it's not going to work out really well. And if it does work out really well, the opponent's going to get that experience of, oh, all right, now I need to take it into account in a future game against that player and maybe even consider putting it in my repertoire. So it's going to be a lot of back and forth and it'd be really interesting to see how quickly these objectives slash deployments slash obstacle placement stuff, how quickly those tactics and strategies spread and web out across the X-Wing community. 
Because mm-hmm. I was, I would say that I, that ID obstacle, you only need that to happen to you one time to go like, oh, got it. Yeah, you, you, only, you, you only need to be hit by the, the, the triple upsilon one time to understand what's <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah, same thing, right? Like when triple upsilon, we didn't have to have objectives to be completely like baffled by something happening to them once. Oh, oh, triple upsilon's in my face. Oops. Yeah. Um, so it was a, for me, it was a proton torpedo Kylo with sensitive controls and pyre and double stressed. And then he's proton torpedo torpedoing you with like multiple actions and yeah i learned that one very very roughly and very the hard, fast. The hard yeah, way yeah yeah yep. yeah I'm, I'm curious how many players came to adepticon i'm not judging anyone at all because i I, mm-hmm. I i played three games of 2.5 now so i'm wondering how many people came to the event with less than like 10 games of 2.5 under their belt i can speak to that uh, I can speak to that. Can you bring up that data, Dion? Yes, yes. Um, so I will tell you that we had a ton of faces that we recognized, right? People, people, and players that um, that that you you weren't surprised to see there, right? Uh, the Tyler Tippett's, Duncan Howard, uh, Doug Howe, Alex Smittle, like the the players that you have heard of that are just really really strong. Uh, but there was a play- plethora a plethora of brand new players that have never i cannot tell you how many players came up to me and said this is my first event or i started playing i started playing during the covid shutdowns in space jam or in galaxies like you know uh these the the uh the most cardboard templates i've ever seen at a tournament yeah like it was it was really interesting um yeah people were really excited we had we had the space gem templates for sale and then the other the uh infernal ones for plastic we had a lot of people upgrading a lot of people upgrading at the event uh which was which was great to see but yeah we had we had a lot of new players uh and there was a handful of saying i've never played any of the scenarios can i play i'm like yeah that's fine you're going to learn today, but <laughs> probably the hard way. Yeah, but... yeah. And it was, and it was fine. You know, like they, they had a good time and I had a bunch of players come up to me and say, Dion, I went 0 and 6 and had so much fun. You know, it was I, awesome. I, and I cheated. I did cheat. What? This weekend. Hot what? Classic. Huh? Round one. Well, I didn't cheat on purpose, but. So round one, I was, uh, I remember his name, Jason Griffith. I think that's his name, Jason Griffith. I played Jason Griff and we showed up. He's like, we're playing whatever mission. And then he busts out his, uh, his, his deck. He's like, oh, I got them all printed out. He put it and we played the, uh, what was it? We played the King of the Hill. And then I saw on the satellite array, yeah. And then somebody says, like, no, it's the action one. And I was like, well, we finished our game, and we finished the King of the Hill. And then the next round, it was exactly King of the Hill again. I'm like, or something like that. It was like, what? <laughs> like, I, I just played this. <laughs> so, Look, yes. it's Slayer, Oddball, King of the Hill territories. This, this guy gets That's it. That's the this Halo terminology. It. That's how I was explaining it to people. Like, like, there was people who came up and like, have you ever played Halo before? Yes. Okay. Easy. And then just, just, just going, going with that. Um, Bill's way is also pretty good. What do you do? Yeah, I just, yeah, toe action, scramble action, 
Oh, I, I've been calling it just assault now. Now I've yeah, learned what assault, assault yeah, means. You're trying to assault the areas, right? Yeah, you assault the area, and then the last <laughs> one is uh, basically murder. Just <laughs> or dog fight. Murder. You could have chosen many sometime. different words like destroy, <laughs> the, dog no. fight, yeah, it's gotta, we no. murder. As a community, we got to come up with something easy because the way I was calling it is, is is the king of the hill. It's uh, claim it, take it. Clint, uh, King of the Hill, and then just a dogfight. But the other two is either you, you claim, like it, claim or you it, take it, claim it, and take it is yeah, also it very, very common. Yeah. Or we could just learn the names. No. <laughs> no. Come on. Uh, I don't know how many times I was corrected. Assault at the satellite array. Was it at there's, the It's not on the satellite. satellite there, there's someone going around that is like legitimately upset <laughs> that people call it. We are not. On. We are not on top of the satellite array fighting it out. <laughs> we are at the satellite array fighting it out. Well, I guess, I guess that's the one correction I need to make in my vocabulary. All right. At least I know the names, mostly. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so this has been a great discussion. I want to, with, uh, with, a, with a little bit of our time that we have left, do a, a rapid-fire uh, look at what the factions were, the cut breakdown, and, uh, and a quick talk about the top eight lists. Let's go ahead and head over to our graphs here we go um uh james you made the chart you read the chart what's our faction breakdowns biggest to smallest all right so our faction breakdowns are rebel alliance at 51 no surprise there were a ton of rebels around and uh closely followed by republic at 50 uh we had a late entrance in there that pushed it to 51 which i was hopeful for i was thankful for because uh, i wanted a clear winner you know uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> next up we had the empire with 31 then first order 17 scum at 16 resistance at 12 and rounding out separatist at nine there you go. Our our faction breakdown, Rebel Alliance taking uh taking the dub there. And you know, the um the separatists one of the things uh that people were talking about was like, man, faction prizes, which actually I want to touch on here in a minute. Um but yeah, fa if you were going for faction prizes, separatist was the one to do, but that's not new. Like that's not new. People just like people are like yeah, separatists are really good, and then don't take separatists. And I, whether that's just like an unwillingness or a not, not understanding of how the faction works, versus you know what other things do. Um, I don't know. We did get one, one, um, what you call it? One separatist list in the cut. We'll go ahead and break that down first, James. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and top with uh, start with the top representations here in the cut. Uh, no surprise there is going to be Rebels with six, Republic with six. Uh, next up is Empire with four, First Order with two, and Separatist with one. Unfortunately, we did not see any resistance or scum in the cut. And just a reminder, it was a 19-player cut. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, it's it was One when you look statistic. at. Say it again. 
One more important statistic. Yes, 100% of Marcel Manzano's made the cut. Continue. Three Team USA players made the cut. So that, that's out right. Of five three. that showed up, three made the cut, and uh, yeah. So including Steve, the CIS player, Doug Howe. Doug, Doug Howe being the only representative in CIS, and you have Stephen Cotillo with the Empire, and yourself with Rebel. Yeah, and Stephen Cotillo, I was so happy that that, that he made the cut. He um, uh, hasn't made these 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 in person tournaments a lot. This was really his, like his first time coming out to one of these premier events. He he became prominent in winning one of the uh, with the, with the Goran striker, if you remember, mm -hmm. and then went to Team USA and did really well on Team USA for the XCC. But um, that's also, I think, a win for just like the online format too, like the galaxies and stuff that should continue. Yeah. Um, to show that, like, hey, the people that that became aware, not aware, that, that became known in the community, involved. Yeah. Say involved. Like that became more involved in like play outside of the the local scene, and did well in the online events has translated to, you know doing well in person so the again you know some people were knocking the online play not real x-wing and stuff like that but um i think the numbers in general again with the number of new players that it attracted um again exposure and getting people to play the game and and the level of skill and uh that it takes to to, to play and do well in, in, in those tournaments as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the a lot of the names during registration were names that I saw on Galaxy's rosters. Like people who their first times were was playing in Galaxy. It was it was there was it made it made my heart happy just to, yeah. to, to start seeing that crossover. And it, and I don't know how many times it was like, hey Marcel, nice to meet you know and I'm like hi and then they're like Oh, it's so and so online. I'm like, oh, oh, it's Psych J. Like, oh, it's this person. I'm like, oh, okay, now I know who you are because of your like Discord or your <laughs> yeah. Twitch name. Yeah, can, can uh, we just switch to all one or the other? I can't keep up with both <laughs> the Discord and the real life names now. It's it's too much. Name tags. Can we get name tags? Yeah, oh, name I guess we're we're supposed to be wearing badges. I guess we need more problems well, with, the, name with, tags. The, with the Discord name on it too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next time, Gen Con. AMG, hit me up. Uh, actually, uh, so speaking of Steve, uh, he is an interesting statistic. Uh, he made it so the Thai Heavy had a 100% conversion rate into the cut. Actually, Empire had the highest conversion rate. Makes sense. Um, four, four against the 31, yep. <laughs> that math checks out. That math checks out. I like it. And I, I want to say that we only had one four-ship list in the cut. I think all the rest of them were five and above. That's correct. Yep. That was the uh, one of the Rebels. The Chewbacca one. Oh, the mm -hmm. Chewy. Yeah, Chewy. The Travis Johnson one. I yeah, love that Chewy. Chewbacca. All right. Now, what I want to do here is before we hit the top eight list, there was a couple of people who threw some questions out when I asked for them. Uh, so now that we have them, we're going to rapid fire answer this. So Nathan Squadron had said, how do you make normal draws not just be a loss for both players uh, with these cut rules? Um, 
so what we did in the top elimination is in order to solve that because we did have to have a winner is we did a road roll uh, a random a player order roll uh, and the winner of that roll the first player of that roll was the winner would continue I could see that eventually being uh, an option as a tiebreaker uh, rather than draws being implemented it's act it's a significantly fairer than final salvo and it doesn't make the final salvo it doesn't make the roll off a win condition uh that, that you in your list building right uh, but it gives you an option in the game to kind of shoot for if you're if you're behind you you could say hey i might not be able to win but i can draw and give myself a chance like that that is one way that could end up fixing it in this at Adepticon, um, draws did help you when it came to faction prizes. So I know that it doesn't necessarily help for the cut, but for faction prizes, it did make a difference for uh, for quite a few people. So there's that one. Uh, somebody had asked the uh, were you? We talked about this a little bit. Were you surprised of how many old faces showed up versus new faces? I mean, yeah, we, it was it was great to see many of the faces that we're used to in the Midwest uh, and some that 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 traveled uh, farther. We even had Dale Cromwell and Cormac Higgins there, all the way yeah, from the Ireland. UK. All right, like that was that was really cool to see them. Uh, they they thought it was worth the trip. And they they made it. Um, yeah, careful right. with calling them UK. You got in trouble. In, in oh, XTC. sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. England. It's a big. It's a big England. difference. England. No, they're from Ireland. They're they're from Ireland. No. No, no. I, I thought Cormac is Irish. He's Irish. He's Irish, but he lives in England, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's Irish. Look, there's a England. combination of people getting it wrong right now. See, so maybe stop before it gets <laughs> All worse. Right, whoever's got it right, <laughs> put it in the chat. I'll put up a picture of the map. All right, here, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Our two European players from the continent of Europe. Is that is that vague enough for us for this? On Earth as well. On the farthest travel distance. Period. They they did it. Supposedly. All right. So there was a couple. That's. Back some of the same questions. All right, let's uh, let's jump into our our top cut here, and let's. Can I do... can I suggest something, Dion? Hit, hit me while I pull up these. Uh, that's okay. Uh, how about we cover uh, the list by faction? Um, there are actually a lot of similarities between them, um, but notable differences as well. There was an excellent question uh, that really got me thinking um, from Wonder Taco is uh, how far down the list do you have to go to find a repeat list? And I think it takes all the way down to Alex Mogensen in 24th place to have a repeat. Um, and it's actually Alex and Nathan and Eddie were flying the same list. Yeah, they're in the um, same play I, group. They yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're Nathan, Alex, Ed slash Justin, and uh, Kevin Lines. I think they all ran the same list. They're all the uh, strong Milwaukee group. Otherwise, so, I can't find any other repeats in like the top fifty lists. Are you saying repeat as in exact carbon exact. copies? Exact. Or are, you, are you saying pilots? No, exact list. Okay. I was like, I think there's gonna be a lot more pilot copies 
there was a lot of see. very similar lists or at least very sure. similar uh bait uh very similar neck uh neck I can't think. But in core. Nucleus. I was trying to get smart, but uh so not I, quite I think uh I think we should actually yeah just talk about maybe the differences in the in the faction cut factions in the cut. Uh it might be a little bit instead of like rereading the same uh pilots over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh because man there's there's upgrades. You strap yeah. yourselves in for this book. Yeah, Dion, <laughs> if you go to List Fortress, it you can sort it by faction, and that may be easier for you. You're right, you're right, you're right. You can right, sort it right. by faction and... Yes. Tall, awkwardly looking for the link. Uh, I'll put it in the chat for you. Panic. Without chat, I have 500 windows open. You expect me to find it that fast? I'll, I'll put it to all your chats. The every, every. Blast them. Blast them with it. It's in your email. It's in your fax. Check your fax machine. <laughs> How is the Epticon one not the top one? All right. Hold on. Uh, there it is. All right. Because, cool. Because yeah. there was some small, some other tournaments happening. Okay, cool. And we're going there. Oh, that looks bad. One moment, please. Yeah, so you should be able to hit the little uh, symbol for the faction uh, hexagon in the top, and that should sort it by faction for you. All right, cool, 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 cool. Give me one second. Just trying to make it. I don't fit. think it maintains. I don't think it keeps cut, though. No. Wish you could do a double filter, or if you could it's just. That's fine. Show we can just, just, leave it by, just leave it sorted by cut, then. Uh, there we go done cut let's start uh we didn't like this the import didn't quite get it nathan id ends up at the top there uh and uh i'll go ahead and take it here uh, well let's just let's just go here this is prettier prettier looking sorry viewers and listeners i just uh, uh, Ah, perfection. All right, here we go. So, Nathan Idy, Galactic Republic. We had Anakin Skywalker in the B... Uh, sorry, in the Y-Wing. In the Y-Wing. This is something that... Um, you know, a, a ship that popped up at Crossroads. I don't know if that was like a precedent... Not a precedent, a uh, foreshadowing of the future. But uh, Y-Wing Anakin, Shattering Shot, Ion Cannon Turret, Proton Torpedoes, R4P, in order to pr uh, improve the maneuverability of that ship and Afterburners. We had Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Ada 2 with patience in order to regen force in situations where you needed to. Marksmanship and R7A7 for auto for crit generation and then auto blasters in that combination doing some auto damage there uh, by being able to push through those crits while Obi-Wan Kenobi is out of the enemy ship's front arc. Ahsoka Tano and Barris Ophi, both uh, in the Delta 7 Aether Sprites, uh, both have calibrated laser targeting. Ahsoka specifically with Compassion and C110P, allowing for some evade tokens on that ship, as well as some jamming uh, utility. Uh, Barris with Instinctive Aim and Concussion Missiles, a three-dice attack available for that ship uh, at a moment's notice. And Contrail, that cheapest ship, that two-point filler for 
for uh, for the Republic with the Besh title. Marcel, what'd you bring? Our runner-up. So I had a six-ship rebel list, uh, starting with uh, Gina and the Viewing, Gina uh, Moonsong, uh, with Selfless, which I never used, Trajectory Simulator, Jamming Bing, Seismic Charge, and the S-Foils, uh, the other B-Wing, Netrum Pollard, with uh, Hopeful, Trajectory Simulator, Ion Bombs, and the S-Foils, and then two A-Wings, it was uh, Derek, with vector cannons, the basically the the arc that, and the system repositioning, and Shara Bay uh, as well with uh, with crack shot, threat tracers, and vector cannons. I used crack shot once because I remembered in the top four match, and that was that was that was exciting. <laughs> and uh, Lieutenant Blunt and the head hunter, and then. Um, I think what made the entire list, I don't think the, the list works anywhere close as it should without Magvayaro, uh, Hopeful, Sabine Wren, Leia, Organa, Crew, Contraband Cybernetics, and P- Pivot Wing. Uh, again, I talked about it before the cast. It'll be up on YouTube at some point, just about basically how insane uh, Leia, uh, Sabine, Contraband Cybernetics, the ability to coordinate, uh, the ability to basically stop forever, and even hopeful, like hopeful on a on a medium sized base ship, um, you know, ship size, especially did, four health ships. Did you ever uh, boost her? Oh yeah, I boosted her did, into range one. Like, did I you ever purpose- boost her while using contraband cybernetics? I, I was I was about to while, ask that. <laughs> I boosted her while I was using contraband cybernetics at about six. Uh, stress because it was out, she was being a a deposit for Gina and a deposit for Netrum, so it was about six stress. And I purposely uh, put a ship to get killed to let Gina with contraband boost into a range one shot. Uh, it was not a close match, but it was still like fun to do. That does not sound hopeful to me, Marcel. It was natural. Net, uh, never used uh, hopeful, but sounds like yeah. sacrificial. Magma, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like cutthroat. All right, pretty cool, cool list. Yeah, a lot of people were asking why did Marcel bring Magva and not uh, not two tubes, not Benthic. It's funny, even people in the final cut, I would put Benthic in this list instead of Magva Yaro. Like, it was, it was. It's always really see- funny to see those people yeah, in the chat. And the re-rolls are really good. Again, with a lot yeah, of videos out there. Yeah, did, Marcel, did you talk about this list on a previous cast before? And it yeah, explicitly he, he explained like... why Magva is better <laughs> I, right now because yeah. of all the torpedoes. I, 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 yeah, about, I think I told everybody that listens on the cast that this is what I was fine like three weeks ago or something like that. Keep your ears open. It helps. All right. Will, take go ahead and talk about Kyle uh, Lembecker. Can I talk about Courtney Moore instead? Okay. James, talk about Kyle Lembecker. I was <laughs> – I got played. <laughs> All right. Kyle Lembecker, uh, Republic. Uh, bring in Anakin in the Ada with uh, Malice, Brilliant Evasion, Marksmanship, Auto Blasters, R787, and hull upgrade 
a whole bunch of stuff to say, here's three crits, deal with it. Oh, I want my force back too. Uh, really, really good, really mean, and uh, difficult to take down if you're squirrely with them. Uh, Wolf in the arc, uh, still, still really good. <laughs> Turns out, Wolf still really good. Has crack shock, R4, P17, and holograde. I'm curious if he got R4, P17 to go off, uh, and in the match a lot. Uh, Barris Offy, a. Uh, Kind of a staple right now in the Republic. Uh, a really good three-pointer with instinctive aim, concussion missiles, and CLT. Uh, Contrail, of course, because he's two points and he's an I-5 and he's fast. Uh, interestingly, he brought uh, Esk. Uh, so I'm wondering if he ever got some Esk crit ions off throughout the day. Because that those are really cool. Because you don't need to do two damage. You just need to do one to push that ion through. I'd be legit asking if that was a mistake because that's the yeah, first that... <laughs> thing that comes up in Yasby is just ask, ask and they just assume like oh I bash What's... right uh, I think he was using bash in our streamed game okay well that may have just been, a mis been a mistake I don't uh... think I don't think it, it's like a, yeah like yeah I don't think he submitted a wrong list or anything it Nope, it's maybe, wrong. Maybe. He's losing. I, Kyle, give me your invite back. Yeah. You're DQ. You're yeah. done. Get I'm done. just kidding. I'm just kidding. You got caught. <laughs> I haven't I, sent I, the I, email I, yet to AMG. Okay. Oh, Whoa. no. Whoa. I'm sorry. Don't it wasn't call, my don't fault. Don't quote me on it. Don't quote me on it. Uh... <laughs> And uh, to round the list, click. Oh, I love click in that V wing hole upgrade, bash, and bo uh, proton bombs. Uh, man, click is eight. no R3, which is kind of weird, but choosing to bring the hole upgrade and proton bombs instead. Uh, I love the R3 mech for him being able to spread those locks around first turn. And man, getting click to work on something that, like, uh, taking away someone's range three agility die and they just like never see it coming and there's like oh i have i have range three i'll be fine taking that away and then saying yeah here's a huge uh you know wolf shot or a, uh, you know something huge that they weren't seeing or they they someone else boosts into range one for that range one shot and you take it away from them so really good choices there all right. Uh, uh, I should try to troll Will here, uh, but I won't. Uh, Will, Courtney Moore. <laughs> as, as a note, I want, I still wanted to talk uh, about Courtney Moore just yeah. in reference to uh, Marcel's list because there, there are some similarities here. Uh, Gina Moonsong, mm -hmm. uh, with trajectory simulator, uh, jamming beam, stabilized S-foils, but this one has marksmanship, and proton bombs crits pretty good for salvage it turns out uh this one also has a shower bay uh though it has a starboard slash con and concussion missiles in addition to vector thrusters uh, but this is where the it changes uh dramatically uh the pairing of the benthic two tubes uh this is that's the u-wing marksmanship Magma Yaro, K2SO, Hall Upgrade, and Pivot Wing. Hall Upgrade caught me uh, when we saw it on stream, actually. 
but uh, a, a beautiful support piece out there who can even um, still getting calculates and free target locks uh, with Magva and K2SO. A lot of flexibility there. And then, of course, Edrio two tubes with ion torpedoes, contraband cybernetics. So you can sling the focus over to him. You can take actions. You can pop contraband cybernetics to take actions even while stressed. Uh, pretty uh, powerful duo there. And then also then Ipasam in the ARC-170. Elusive Lando crew, veteran tail gunner for that front and rear shot. And then Chopper Astromech. It's the old uh, Jack Porkins used to use the left uh, back when he had a talent, RIP. Uh, but uh, basically, you can recover elusive charges by doing red moves. Uh, and then you can use that charge with Chopper uh, Astromech to regain shields. Uh, so it can become a, a very defensive ship with like Lando Calrissian being able to roll evades. Um, or when you, you roll two dice and you get the tokens on the dice. And I think on I think when you played him, Marcel, he got Focus of Aid on his uh, ship at one point. Or maybe it was Calculate of Aid, I forget now. But uh, either way, uh, the uh, the similar uh, base of that, like Dina and an A-Wing uh, and a U-Wing, but man, wildly different uh, configurations and pilots chosen. Uh, I think that's super interesting. Uh, like how similar but wildly different the two lists are. Yeah, awesome. Now, Ryan, go ahead. We got John Babcock, which is one of our Gold Squadron locals. Get it, kid. Get it. Yeah, Abs. All right, so John Babcock running Galactic Republic. We'll start with the stuff that we've seen before. Contrails in there. Barris is in there. That's, I think, the easiest five points in an entire faction to choose from right now as a starting mm -hmm. point. Barris has the standard conk instinctive aim loadout. And then we get into the differences. We have another wolf showing as well. This one, though, opting in for expert handling for those white bear rolls. R4P to make those three turns white. Means, or four straight white. Uh, but also 7th Fleet Gunner. We haven't seen Ark with 7th Fleet in quite a, quite a while. People who opt for 7th Fleet normally go for lats. Especially with that hawk lat for the same cost as wolf. But wolf packs punch himself. Um, and then we have two Delta 7 Aether Sprites. We have Obi-Wan. Patience, Instinctive Aim, Concussion Missiles, CLT. And then Plo with Patience, R2-D2, and Ion Missiles. So that R2-D2 is a very good upgrade in Republic right now if you are concerned about bombs. Mm -hmm. After your activation, so after your move, after your actions, after your repositions, you can nom-nom-bomb. <laughs> or a nom nom cookie has, has other effects too um let me double check and make sure i'm right but it's it's you to, to do either one or any of the yeah, three can, i believe you can regen a shield uh repair a whole uh a uh, damage card all for a deplete and it happens after you finish moving after after everything so you know if you're well, going to shoot after you know. that ship activates yep, not yep, the activation yep. phase so yeah but after you after you as the ship that's activating has right. completed all your everything that you want to do after the ship double repositions as well yeah yep. yeah 
And it's a quick charged gain deplete repair damage card, which can be, I assume, you can repair a normally unrepairable damage card, a la bye bye structural damage. Very important, by the way, on these ships. Recover shield, which these only have one of. And then, yeah, remove a device. Now, what this won't save you from is because it's after you activate, it's not going to save you from a mine that got dropped right in front of you. Because <laughs> it's exploded before you get a chance to do it. <laughs> you ran over it. It went boom. Yeah. <laughs> and a quick note about John. Uh, he was our one of our undefeateds going into uh going into that last round and one thing that we did do uh for our five and our, our five and o's going into the top cut is we provided a we had a six o prize so the top two six and o's or sorry i, did, I had enough for all of them uh six and o's they got a, a template trade. it was a gold squadron provided prize um if you want to incentivize people to play that last round if you're doing six it's a fun way to do it rather than them just like not playing put something on the line uh, some fun there. Um, I, I, I believe Will and I talked to John after the stream game yeah. and asked him about uh, why he had expert handling and R4P on Wolf. Because it seems kind of redundant to me looking at it you know, at face value. Uh, but he said he really wanted Wolf to be as maneuverable as these other uh, Jedi and Contrail uh, moving around because uh, Wolf can get lost. Uh, left behind so he he said he, he used that barrel a lot he uses that barrel a lot he used that four forward a lot he used that three turn uh to really get uh g keep up with the uh fast moving ships speed is at a premium speed is at a premium for sure all right then we had team usa's steve cotillo uh we had Leighton dre i can i tell you how many people walked up to me and said Dumpster tier, huh? <laughs> I was hey, like, guess uh, what? It's actually 2.5. It's brand new. Everything correct. changes. Correct. Like, are you the kidding me? Brains, arguably the best one, and also the cheapest one at four yeah, points. It's the right. cheapest one and the best one. So right, exactly. Oh, you're, so, you're right. Every, yeah, there's Leiden, and then there's everyone else in the dumpster. You're right. You're right. <laughs> 100%. I just just wanted to point that out, but anyway. Uh, Leighton Dre uh, providing rerolls for uh, his friendly ships. We got Ion Cannon on there as well. Whole upgrade and maneuver assist. Again, maneuverability at a premium. Uh, we had Nash Windrider in that tie interceptor shield upgrade sensitive controls, able to keep his friendly ships around just a little bit longer to the end of that round. Make sure that they get an opportunity to fire. Uh, Lieutenant Laurier outmaneuver, uh, whole upgrade, sensitive controls. I believe Lurir is the one that has the funky barrel rolls, right? Yeah, must, yeah, must do a bank template for a barrel, which in the system phase, being able to echo yourselves front or back, you'd be ridiculous position. Yeah, tiny, tiny echo. Pretty often if done well. Uh, I mean, obviously, Steve must have done something right because he, cause he got into this top cut. We had, uh, he was also 6 up. One he of was all. Yeah. There it is, Commandant Gorant with uh, Predator Shield upgrade, sensitive controls. You know what? He won the Ace Flight Club Championship with Gorin with one ability, and said, "You know what? Let's just go ahead and uh, and make the cut here with another ability as well." And then Pierre Sabak out there for some punching power elusive connor nets obviously ions and auto damage really really strong and shield upgrade yeah can i want to note 
Um, I actually, this was one of the first lists I was like, I want to try this. So I, I played like two or three TTS games with it. Lighten with nine hull and you can go on and evade on Lighten is going to stick around. That thing is not as easy like, oh, just burn it down. I mean, people are still developing how to spread their ships to objective and converge on one target right now. It's That, that Lighten's not easy to kill when, when Goron's around. Yeah, and that list has counted five extra health. He has a shield or hull upgrade on every single one of those ships. And I think mm -hmm. I think Will talked about it earlier how uh, Steve was really good with the strikers, and uh, well, not earlier. We were talking offline. He was oh, really sure, good sure. with the, the strikers and mm -hmm. uh, the uh, e uh, echo and the in the uh, the what are they called the phantoms, and Gorin with uh, sensitive controls uh, is basically both of those things. He's, he can do the boost before he moves like a striker, or he can do the bear roll uh, like a phantom. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's taking both those skills and put it into one ship, and uh, outmaneuver seems pretty good too. <laughs> nice. Let's yeah. keep it. Sorry, Marcel, you have something to say? No, I said, yeah, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. my Swiss loss, and uh, the one that he he completely just – outplayed me with um Piercevac. like i forgot how far those strikers can go with like a bank to a three bank like a bank boost to a three bank to like barrel roll and all like uh yeah he got behind me quick and um one shot a couple of my ships with it because five dice is bad all right let's keep the party going will kirian all right, Kyrian, another rebel list here. Uh, this one has Shara Bay with proton torpedoes. I have to assume that is the arc, uh, Shara Bay. Uh, another arc is Pasan with Hopeful and Leia Organa. Thane Kyrell in the X Wing with Crackshot Ion torpedoes and servo motors or servo motor S foils. Uh, Lieutenant Blount and Derek Clivian in the A-Wing uh, with vectored cannons. And then Aaron Kraken in the Z-95 with passive sensors and ion torpedoes. Uh, this is, the I think, the one list that I don't think I ever got it on stream. Maybe I did, but no, no, we definitely didn't have two arcs on stream. But I had no. seen it at the top tables floating around, uh, and I was like... I was like, what faction is that? Like, you got Z95s and ARC 170s. I, uh, every time I was walking around judging, I made sure to stop and just, like, take a little gander at what the heck this list was and how he flew it. And I still don't know. I still don't know so how he did so well. <laughs> uh, so there's uh, Aaron Kraken is uh, the, the unknown here. So passive sensors, you can... Uh, get a lock any, uh, on anybody to shoot your ion torpedoes. After you attack, a friendly ship around you can take a red or take an action, treating it as red. So basically, can coordinate Shara Bay uh, every single round or Thane as well uh, for their I-5s. And it uh, it's only a three-point ship, I'm pretty sure. Let me double-check that. It's got to only be a three-point ship. It's a Z-95. Uh, but uh, it's s such an interesting piece uh, there. Uh, 
to be able to get that coordinating without like spring having to bring a sheet the peed or anything like that uh anything um well i guess ewing as well without having to bring uh, a ewing to coordinate so that's uh that's some real uh brand new secret sauce on those passive sensors ion torpedoes on aaron kraken Love it, love it. And go ahead, Ryan, take our last here, last top eight list. We're not going to go through the whole top cut because of time, uh, but shout out to everyone. We'll give, we'll give shout outs to the rest of our, our top cut here real quick. Go ahead, Ryan. All right. We got Ben Wetton or Wheaton. It's Wetton. Uh, Empire list. The, the only other one in the cut? Two, right? Or there's three. Two, four. Four. Never mind. Ignore me. Two on the top eight. We'll go with that. Um... We have three copies of the Tempest Squadron TIE Advanced X-1 with hull upgrade. So X-Wing health with one more agility and one less attack die unless they get that lock for that additional die roll with the advanced uh, targeting computer. We have Zertic Strong with Disciplined and Thread Tracers. We have Nash with not opting in for the shield upgrade this time, going for Thread Tracers and Electronic Baffle. And then Goron, again, with shield upgrade, and instead of Predator, opting for Elusive to make more difficult to kill. So you have two sources of Thread Tracers to potentially trigger uh, all the other TIE Advance to get their locks. Most probably focused to stay alive. And then you obviously have Goron showing up again. That can affect everyone in the list except himself, which is a key thing. Um probably why he brought elusive and uh that way he can give an evade out to anyone who needs it and also get rid of a lock basically all you need is a non-stress red token to get rid of um the two points left after thread tracers on nash was probably just a all right well i can't really take much else just in case i ever really need to do something that i'm stressed for because i did a bum focus and i want to do some sensitive controls to like a, ga a game clinching move I could baffle if I really needed to. So, um... I think another thing that we haven't mentioned about Gorin and, and Gorin, why Gorin is so good um, is the... Um, you should be taking gas clouds anytime you take Gorin because it makes for very uh, no consequence flying over, over gas clouds. You fly over that gas cloud... Uh, you clear the strain. You can clear the the ion if you if you roll a hit. Um, so and you can still take your action, and you end up not stressed, uh, full agility, or or even evaded, or, or whatever you want. Like there's there's just um, it it makes going over the, that obstacle real um, real easy, and not just yeah. on. I think uh, it was the top eight game that was on stream. It was Ben versus Kyle Lembecker. And he had an approach where he did go over a gas cloud with two of his tie advance, I believe. One of them rolled the ion and he gore on that ion away. I even, in, in, when I was trying out Steven, Steven Dew's list, um, I definitely had a my uh, Lighten get an ion token from an ion cannon shooting. Didn't get the second one, but I don't want to risk it another time. So I'm like, all right, bye, Ion. Here's an evade. Uh, we, so. we did catch uh, a Lighten who ha was uh, had a disabled power regulator. 
Is that the one that gives you ion each turn? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and every round, uh, Lighten would engage and get the second ion. And, or no, what was, because uh, Goran's start of engagement. Yeah, Goran would take the second one away from him. Or the first one, I guess. And then he would gain that first one right back. So uh, he flew around for a really long time, just never being ionized because Goran was helping him. Yeah, That's awesome. I think it depends on the list if you want to bring gas clouds. So I, I definitely agree, Marcel, there's a lot you could take advantage of. Yeah, but I think if most take... of your list comprised with sensitive control stuff, you can move your way around it anyway. But in this list, when you don't have that system phase reposition and you don't have boost on these tied Bandstex ones, the gas cloud choice makes a lot more sense. Yeah, you just want to YOLO, get in there, and roll a lot of dice. And being able to pull a uh, strain or lock, like taking someone's torpor away because they don't have the lock anymore, that is so... And you give them an evade, so say you, you want to kill that ship. Okay, I'll take your lock, and I'll give that ship an evade. Now, I I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, Will I did pass by. And he was on stream. the 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 game where he got knocked out of the cut was where he tried to fire off thread tracers, and they both missed, and ended oh, yeah. up with a mm -hmm. massive, massive disadvantage. Uh, yeah. None of none of those uh, Thai advanced had target locks, and that turn of not having that extra offense was a reason why it snowballed hard in the other direction. So that's uh, a huge risk you take with that yeah, strategy for sure. Yeah, because he the, focused with all the other ones. Yep. Neither of these thread tracers are double modded. They're going to be single modded, so it's just a focus. Maybe a lock if you decide to take that instead if you can, but, I mean, we know sometimes a single three-dice shot with a focus, I only net one or two. Yeah, just did, did, didn't work out on that one. All right, quick shout-outs for our other top-cut competitors. Let me make sure I get it. Here we go. So shout out to Thomas Anderson with the Rebel Alliance, couple of B wings and Sabine. You see some AB five, uh, Gold Squadron local Francois Moray with some interceptor swarms. Doug Howe, our top in uh, in faction for separatists, bringing some hyena droids, Sunfac and Grievous. Kyle Borgold with Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, and some friends. First appearance of the Lat in the top cut. We see Hawk there for that extra maneuverability. We got Phil Kunth uh, with another Rebel list, another flavor of. Um, of this but no b wings here you, except for hera uh who's out there slinging to a couple of uh, arc 170s including that's notable that's, nora that's hera with a force point by the way look out for that oh yeah as yes with ezra uh oh, yeah, donald even more with a force with mall crew jeez <laughs> yeah because ezra was in the list uh donald williams at the first order bringing some uh some of those First Order Bombers and Tie Whispers, along with Gideon Hask to up that offensive potential. Cormac Higgins bringing a Republic list as well. First appearance of Mace Windu in there, and this time we have Anakin in the Ada 2. Travis Johnson with a uh, Chewbacca 
YT-1300, it was the lowest ship count that we had in the cut with four. Luke Skywalker, Sabine, and Derek Clivian. I take a second and look at that when you guys have a chance. We also is ridiculous as a crew in Rebel. Oh, yeah. Super good. Last two, Eli Bauman uh, with another first order. We got a, a, a F.O. FO with whisper kind of salad. We could see out there a uh, notable midnight one of uh, one of Marcel's favorite FOs out there. I'm always trashing it, but hey, must have been at least decent. Made the cut uh, here at Adepticon, and last but certainly not the least, we had Justin Gearing with another Republic list. This one kind of a mix of all the flavors we've seen so far: Obi, Plo, Barris, Contrail, and Hawk. That is your top cut. Of the Adepticon X nineteen. Nineteen. Nineteen of the Adepticon X Wing World no, no, Open I mean, Qualifier. Just, no, I'm telling you Justin's eighteen. Oh, nineteen. He's, uh another flavor of a tie advanced swarm. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. The, um the 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 tie F one with the the that was the list of the week that, that we did a couple weeks back. Oh uh, yeah, he, he you're took right. the changes that we did. Remember, we kind of went on that tantrum about midnight swarm tactics and yep. world win. Uh, so that this is the one that we did. Nice. Hey, we did something right. Nice. <laughs> All right. Overall, guys, I'm so I am so happy how Adepticon went. I'm full of joy. Really. I I that that's all. That's all in my in my post that I made us thank you. The biggest thing I wanted to, to point out, besides of course, just the people, the staff, and the players. You know, together we we did it together. Um, but we got here thanks to of course the X-Men community, all of us working through uh, together online events. Uh, no matter how small or how big, uh, local events. No matter how small or how big, uh, we are just the next step. The next step in X-Wing competitive and organized play. And uh, I look forward to seeing how what we did will hold up uh, and, and improve future events uh, going forward for other communities as well. So thank you to everybody who is a part of that. Any final closing thoughts from you guys before I give my call to action? Because I got one. Can I... Uh... Just a general, uh, I don't know, maybe advice uh, might be to uh, people commenting about how, uh, basically commenting on like the extremes of the final and how uh, there was a lot of repeat pilots that I, I personally thought that there was an extreme amount of list variety right like rebels were basically pick five ships five or six ships and you're uh you can make it work and that's i think the uh people are taking the wrong things away from the tournament right where like rebels and republic were popular but there's there was a lot of variety in between what people were taking and i i do still think that there was close matches not every game was uh, a three-round concede like the final. There was, I think, a lot of competitive play and a lot of um, variety that we saw. And I think there's still, I mean, 
I think that essentially the meta is not solved, right? Like we saw many lists have the same thought process to get where they were trying to, to get to that win condition. Um, but we saw a lot of ways to go about that, uh, that uh, solution. James, Will, I mean, Will just talked. Hey, James, Will. Ryan, I'll, I'll Marcel. Well <laughs> so, so uh, Will part two is um, I, I do agree with, um, you know, to an extent with everything Will said. The, the, like the addition to that, I, I do think that there needs to be, and I'm very interested to see what changes come about. Uh, I think there needs to be some variation to the way that the objective placements work or that the number of objective something so that uh, it adds a little bit more variety because it does end up being, uh, again, especially if we start as, as we see more tournaments and we see more people figuring out the optimal position that blocks out other areas and stuff like that or the optimal list composition, maybe not the exact same list, but okay, you need one fast one, you need a crit generation, you need this. Um, I I'm very interested to see what changes happen and how long those changes uh, take to happen with, again, with points, specifically with points, uh, with cards that are deemed to be like, yeah, this was a problem, AKA Trajectory, Sabine, should should not be um uh eta auto blaster should not be like there there's things that just really don't don't belong together I, they, they don't uh, especially when one of the objectives is drop it on a crit and you get automatic that that's probably not not great um so things like that so i'm curious to see what what amg does with all of this uh, information that they're that they're getting both from a, an objective standpoint and a subjective standpoint Cool. Ryan? Um, I guess just like from the perspective of someone who wasn't there, it just gives me more and more excited to make sure I get out to events to make it to something like this. Just hope the next one or the ones that I attend to are as high of a standard and quality that you set, Dion, because you have set the bar extremely high to start 2.5. I don't know how many, how many other events and things are going to match it. Jay. <laughs> They could do it. They could do it. I believe in them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just want to say, like, uh, I know there's a lot of, um, yeah, like Will said, like, the, the meta is not figured out. There's no best list. There's no best pilot. There's no best upgrade. There's so many different variations that people can be taking. And I think the best one that they could be taking right now is the one that they're comfortable with and the one they enjoy playing. Because the ones they're comfortable with, they're not going to forget their upgrades. They're not going to forget that crack shot or that elusive or uh, that random upgrade that they brought. That whole upgrade. The whole upgrade is so easy to forget. Uh, and then bring something that, <laughs> yeah, bring something that you enjoy playing. Because I promise, a six-round tournament or a you know four or ten-round tournament, if you make it all the way to the top table, is going to be a lot easier to do when you're enjoying. A, the pilots that you're playing and the faction you're playing and the play style of what you're playing so play what you like play what you enjoy and play um you know feel around and figure out what you what you like to play and what you know 
And in closing, one of my pieces of advice I have for people is um, we saw 200 people had a great time playing 2.5. Nobody said it was perfect, but um, like it's not it's not going away. <laughs> it will continue to evolve. And we look forward to, to being a part of that evolution. The only way that you can be a part of that change is by participating in it. Um, so I look forward to seeing you guys participate in it. Um, so I would caution to not go down too many rabbit holes. There are many loud people on the internet. We are one of them. We are loud. <laughs> We're loud on the internet, uh, but, uh, you know, we try to keep things as constructive as possible. My call to action for you, my X-Wing community, my people, my friends. Again, I am willing and ready to help AMG run as many events as they would let me do. Um, I think that community run events will almost always, and, I, and I'm saying this with respect, you know, previous, there are OP teams with, um, you know, with different game companies in the past, Fantasy Flight, who have done wonderful jobs. But if you give the tools to your community leaders in different areas and around the world to do uh, to provide those official prizes, which is what really people like, and that stamp saying, yes, we approve of that, um, I think your events will always be better than, than an official run thing. I really do. Because the, the people who are running that for you are running it not because their boss said so, but because they love the community they're they're a part of it and they want to do it for the people who are playing so doesn't mean don't pay them pay this man in the future <laughs> don't let him go unpaid again <laughs> what i would like you guys to do if you participated in adepticon let amg know let amg know uh post it on their socials on twitter say hey i enjoyed this um and i'm 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 willing to do it again let them know say i would love to see gold squadron you know help with gen con you know we i'm willing to run the tournament part of gen con for them they can focus on their booth and they do all that stuff but they want somebody to run the tournament i know a guy i can be the booth babe why are you laughing? And with that, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I can't even I can't even finish the podcast. Stay smart. Stay safe. Gold Squadron out. <laughs>